Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. Every year I look forward to the digital news report and it's just been released. This is a report by Reuters Institute and the University of Oxford and they survey 92,000 online news consumers to give us the state of news in the digital age. Suffice to say, we are still going through the pandemic and COVID-19 has had a major impact on the role of news right now. And trust in news is growing. So this is great news for radio, TV, print and online media and all of those journalists that have been working so hard right across the world to bring us updates live from the front line from the COVID-19 pandemic. So coming up in today's show, how COVID-19 has reshaped consumer news behaviour. 10 digital news trends that government and public sector need to know. I also ask the researchers and the contributors to the report what they think the results of the study will mean for the media industry, but also those of us that are engaging with media. And finally, the role of social media in news consumption. So if you're interested in media news, PR or indeed digital comms, stay tuned. This is going to be a great show. In today's column, I review the Digital News Report 2021 and bring you the top 10 trends that I believe are going to impact public sector marketing. I'm going to take you through my highlights from the Reuters Institute Digital News Report 2021. And I want to reference the great work undertaken by the Fujo Institute. So they're based at Dublin City University and they're responsible for future media, democracy and society. And they led the study from an Irish perspective as well. So let's go through the highlights. When it comes to interest in news, 70% of Irish respondents said they were extremely or very interested in news. That's a 5% increase on 2020. The percentage of Irish respondents interested in news is higher than the EU average at 60% the UK at 51% and North America at 54%. Now, this doesn't come as any great surprise to me um, as a former broadcast journalist and working in media in Ireland for 20 years. I know that we are a very informed public, very curious, very news hungry, and our appetite certainly hasn't waned. So when it comes to then sources of news, and this one always garners a lot of debate, So the number of consumers who cite television as their main source of news in Ireland has risen 8% to 41%. The next most popular source of news is online. Now that excludes social media and blogs, which probably getting news from online news sources. That's standing at 29% and that's unchanged from last year. And social media is sitting at 16%. Probably we're not surprised by that. There really is a 
a distrust of news on social. But the caveat to that, I would say, is it's dependent on the source. So the number of consumers citing radio as their main source of news has fallen by 4% to 9%. That's a bit of a worrying drop for radio. Uh, maybe it changes. It's a reflective of the change of radio habits. However, then you look at other reports in Ireland around radio and they say that 98% of the population are listening to radio every day, but maybe they're not going there for news. So somewhat of a bit of a disparity there. There has been an increase across all age groups citing TV as their main news source with 18 to 24 year olds recording the largest increase up 13 percentage points on 2020 to 28%. And this is largely at the expense of social media. So during COVID-19, younger demographics switched to TV. Everybody was at home. We were glued to our TV news outlets because that's where our leaders, our prime minister, our public health specialists were, were making addresses that had a direct impact on our lives. So let's have a look at trust in news and Trust in news is rated largely as positive. 53% of respondents expressed positive levels of trust in news media in Ireland, agreeing or strongly agreeing with the statement that you can trust most of the news most of the time. The level of trust in media is higher in Ireland at 53% compared to the EU at 45%, the UK at 37% and North America also at 37%. This is an interesting insight from the report and it centres on neutrality in the news. So respondents were asked when it comes to whether the news media should take a neutral stance when reporting on social and political issues. The report found that older respondents prefer neutral news reports with younger people more inclined to believe that on some issues, strict impartiality is not desirable. This is very interesting because we know that younger people are more engaged with individuals. And so what they are looking to is they're looking to people as opposed to organisations for trust. And they want to hear from humans as opposed to news organisations. So while this might be a new insight in 2021, I'm not uh, wholly surprised about it. More than half of respondents in every age category from 35 plus believe that news outlets should try to every issue, while slightly less than half held this view in the 18 to 24 year old category. That's 46% and 49% at 25 to 34 age categories. What about when it comes to paying for news? And we know that news media have really suffered during the pandemic with advertising revenues plummeting, but demand for news increasing. So a real challenging time. The number of Irish consumers paying for new subscriptions or access increased by four percentage points to 16%. Irish consumers are more willing than their EU counterparts or UK counterparts to pay for news, we can see that um, in Ireland it's 16%, in the EU it's 15%, and in the UK it's 8%. But we see in North America 17% of 
subscribers there, 17% of consumers there are willing to pay for news. Of those who paid for news in the last year, those on lower incomes, less than €20,000, are more likely to access a single news source, with those on middle to high income levels tending to pay for multiple news sources. Some 3% have paid for more than five news sources, which is very interesting, paying for news becoming the norm, and those figures will surely rise. When it comes to fake news, Irish respondents were generally sceptical of news that they see on social media, with 51% disagreeing or strongly disagreeing with the statement, you can trust the news on social media most of the time. 75% of those in the 65 plus age group said they were concerned about what is real and what is fake on the internet compared to 55% of 18 to 24-year-olds. And, you know, that makes sense because it's it's difficult to navigate the internet and really understand sources of truth. You know, some of us will understand to, to look at URLs, to look at the ownership behind the, the, the account or the platform. Um, so others in the older age category find it more difficult to decipher Uh, what's real and what's not real. Sticking with uh, fake news and the impact of COVID-19, COVID-19 topped the bill for false or misleading information seen in the last week when respondents were asked. 49% said that COVID had the highest percentage for them in relation to topics that had fake news associated with them. Followed then by politics at 28%, celebrities at 25%, and then climate change and environment at 19%. And if we think about it, let's take celebrities out of the mix here. You know, if we think about a pandemic, politics and climate change, these are very important issues and we need trusted sources. And what the public are saying in this study is that we need more trusted sources and we are going to follow them. And this is goes back to my perennial argument that government and public sector really need to step into the vacuum and really need to take ownership for topics that they are responsible for. So who are the trusted sources when it comes to COVID-19? Well, from an Irish perspective, 42% of respondents said that they trust national health organisations such as uh, the health service executive here, 40% trust news organisations, 38% trust scientists, doctors and health experts, while 36% trust national government. So a bit of a way to go there. So this really is shining a light on the importance and the dire need for senior leaders and organisations to embrace the world of digital and to get their information out there because the only source of news right now is not just traditional media outlets. And finally, what about devices and news from an Irish perspective? Well, probably not surprising, 60% are accessing news from their smartphone, 27% from a desktop, and 11% actually from a tablet. So there you have it, some very interesting insights from the digital news report and also from the Irish perspective and the team at Fujo in Dublin. What you're going to hear from now is we're going to take you through a little bit of the launch of the digital news report 2021 
And this was a launch held by Edelman. And as you know, Edelman conduct the annual trust barometer study of trust in media, society, public sector, government and business. So first of all, you're going to hear from Antonio Zapula, who is CEO of the Thompson Reuters Foundation. And then you're going to hear from Nick Newman, lead author of the report. He's also a digital media strategist, senior research associate at Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at Oxford University. A year ago today at the launch of the 2020 report, we had an initial sense of the speed at which the media landscape was being affected by the COVID pandemic. But a year later, we have a much clearer picture of the extent to which media consumption and independent journalism have been deeply shaped by the global pandemic. COVID has simultaneously driven an acute need for accurate information and a thirst for trusted news. And at the same time, though, it has accelerated threats to the very ecosystem that supplies trusted news. The pandemic has highlighted the extent to which the health and well-being of individual nations are highly dependent on the need for a functioning, free and vibrant media landscape. But with many journalists facing a surge in censorship and many news organizations facing plummeting revenues, the economic sustainability of the media ecosystem is in jeopardy. And as a result, editorial independence is increasingly at risk. And up against this, the proliferation of digital platforms has supercharged the spread of misinformation and disinformation, plunging readers' trust in news to an historic low. According to the latest Edelman Trust Barometers, 59% of consumers in 25 countries believe journalists are deliberately misleading them. Free and independent media are fighting the battle of their lives, but for some, their defenses are weak. So how can we all play our part and prevent what philanthropic organization Luminate has bleakly defined as a media extinction event? Our roadmap to recovery should be coordinated. It should take learnings from those leading the way in efforts to strengthen the economic sustainability of the media ecosystem post-COVID. And that is where the Digital News Report plays such a critical role. This is an invaluable resource, not just for those interested in news consumption and revenue trends, but for all of us committed to protecting and promoting free, accurate and impartial journalism. Because the link between sustainability and independence is one that we need to remain strongly aware of. At the Thomson Reuters Foundation, we use the combined power of journalism and the law to defend and promote media freedom, a crucial pillar of any free, fair and informed society. And we are, of course, extremely proud to found the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. By continuing to drive conversations about the future of news, we can all play our part in strengthening and protecting the future of journalism. It has never been more critical to do so. And, uh, and, th and this chart really looks at under 35s in terms of how they prefer to access news on the internet across, this is across all countries. And you can see broadly how they much, they prefer the convenience of social media or search uh, rather than going you know, directly to a news website or an app. So building that direct relationship with younger people is just that much harder. And then we document in terms of the networks they're using for news uh, that people, uh, younger people are using more YouTube, they're using more Instagram, Snapchat, and now this year we're seeing TikTok really sort of come into its own uh, with sort of posts and memes about coronavirus, uh, mental health, Black Lives Matter, for example. Uh, across our entire sample, 
uh, we find TikTok is now used by almost uh, a third of 18 to 24s for any purpose, around one in 10 say they've used TikTok for news in the last year. And in some countries like Peru, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, TikTok, Instagram uh, have been at the heart of sort of political protest movements this year, uh, in many cases driven by, by younger people. And news organizations have been starting to sort of experiment with how to tell stories in this, these new environments, often using humor and music. Um, there's an example on the right here from the BBC's Sophia smith Gala singing a sea shanty about that, that ship that got stuck in the, in the Suez Canal. This year, we've also been looking in a bit more detail about where people are paying most attention when they're in those social networks like TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You know, are they paying attention to journalists or is it politicians or, or celebrities or influencers? Uh, now, this chart, essentially, uh, this is averages across country, um, but it tells a really interesting story. So mainstream media journalists do play a really significant role in, in Twitter. That's the dark blue line. And also Facebook when it comes to news. But look at Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok on the right. <clears throat> it's much more about celebrities, uh, you know, actors, musicians, social media influencers, and also ordinary people, even, you know, when it comes to news topics. Uh, that change may be, um, uh, it, it may change if news becomes a bigger part of these platforms, but it does, you know, make the culture different. And it's much more challenging, I think, for mainstream media to reach younger people there. Level up your digital skills by taking our Diploma in Digital Marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. A new feature on the Public Sector Marketing Show hands over the mic to you. So for the consulting segment, I'm now going to be answering your questions. So that means that you need to leave me a voice note. You need to go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast and you can see the option to leave me a voice message. You get to ask a question, anything around public sector marketing, digital marketing or social media. I'll take your question and I will give you free consulting advice right on this show. Top tip, you need to visit the website using your mobile phone because you'll be using the mic on your phone to leave me the voicemail. So go ahead, go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast, and I look forward to receiving your questions. It's time for the consulting segment that I hand over to you, our podcast and show subscribers. This week's question is from Kathleen, and it's a brilliant one, and it feeds perfectly into the role of news in public sector marketing and the role of social media. Hi, Joanne. It's Kathleen here from the Marine Institute. I'm just wondering, what emphasis should we put on our traditional communications, for example, PR or events versus digital marketing? Thanks. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for your question. And boy, what a great question. So as you've been finding out, news is trusted right now by citizens right across the world. Journalists have really captured the hearts and the minds of citizens through the pandemic. And hopefully that will remain in a post-pandemic world. But what does it mean for government and public sector agencies as you're 
thinking about the last six months of your calm strategy in 2021, is it, as Kathleen says, a time to put more effort into traditional PRs so that you get the attention of the public or what should they do? So my answer to this question is, I always think that a balance should be struck between traditional comms and digital comms. In fact, how I describe new public sector marketing in my book, Public Sector Marketing Pro, is the merger of traditional communications with new technologies. So it's not really out with the old and in with the new. What it is, it's one complementing the other. What I would recommend, however, is that you intensify and you increase your digital PR activity. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is prepare sound bites, audio sound bites for radio stations so that they can play on air and embed on their websites. Prepare video clips for TV and online media so that they can play them on air and embed them on their website. Write some opinion articles that are perhaps featuring in mainstream media, print newspapers, but that you can repurpose for your own blog and LinkedIn articles as well. Make sure that you're monitoring the digital mentions of PR and media and also mentions of your brand topics and key people. Make sure that you're doing social listening. So I wouldn't offset the a reduction in digital comms in favor of traditional. But what I'm saying is make sure that you're layering digital PR on top of all your traditional efforts. Because remember, the media now have a captive audience online. They have websites and social networks to fill, as well as column inches and airtime. So there's a real, and I would argue, an extra opportunity for public sector marketing pros and PR and media professionals to really leverage the digital assets that are owned by traditional media. Make sure that you're using Twitter. It's where most journalists are hanging out to get stories, to get breaking news. I would also think about having a digital first approach to your PR strategy and making sure that your press releases and breaking news is going out on Twitter and your website first. Create lists for media, organizations and individuals on Twitter and make sure that you are building that digital relationship. Remember, younger journalists coming into the field and working in the industry are multimedia journalists. They're digital natives and their expectation is that they can find you, access you and maybe get a new hook on the story online. I think we live in remarkable times and as a former journalist, I would love to be operating in the digital landscape right now. But on the other side of that fence, maybe in a more of a PR capacity, I definitely leverage digital PR to make sure that that engagement with journalists and media is as solid as it was when you're just engaging in traditional comms. Great question, Kathleen. I hope that helped. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. 
this is your weekly reminder to go and invest in your ticket for the 2021 Public Sector Digital Marketing Summit. It's only eight weeks away and this is the number one digital marketing and social media event for your sector. There's many great conferences out there around social media and digital marketing, but I wanted to create one that specifically looked at government and public sector marketing. My job on the day is simply just to act as the master of ceremonies. I hand over the virtual stage to speakers and to public sector pros from right across the world. There's also a full day of practical workshops to take you through podcasting and all of the social networks and content marketing. So if that whets your appetite, go ahead, have a look at our landing page and the agenda. You can find it at publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash 2021 summit. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So I've got two free resources for you this week. Firstly, of course, go ahead and download the 2021 Digital News Report from Reuters Institute and University of Oxford. I have it linked in the blog post associated with this podcast over at publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. The second resource that I'm recommending this week is a webinar conducted by PR and communications consulting firm Edelman with the Reuters Institute and the authors of that report. They go deep into it. I've watched it and it's definitely well worth watching. And again, I've embedded that in the blog post associated with the show. Thanks as always for tuning in. I really do enjoy putting these shows together. It really keeps me on my digital marketing and social media game because it means that I have to keep up to speed with what's happening in order to produce and to publish these shows. And that's my commitment to you. If you have a topic that you want me to cover on the Public Sector Marketing Show, then simply drop me an email to info at publicsectormarketingpros.com. Equally, if you want to be a guest or if you have a great case study to share, don't be shy. I'm always on the hunt for a great public sector marketing story. For now, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. All the reviews and the ratings really help with discoverability and other public sector marketing pros finding the show. So your podcast love is most welcome. That is all from me for now. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. 